0: Welcome to the first ever Feral Ministries podcast. That's right, baby, it's happening. Uh, This was such a fun episode. Today, my guest is a therapist turned wellness coach named Kelly Prophet, dear, dear friend of mine. Her practice focuses on helping people quit self-sabotaging. She has an evangelical upbringing and a background in helping people process religious trauma through her therapy practice. We play some games, talk about how to set boundaries with family, what it means for us to experience sacred moments, and even role-play a moment where a female worship leader takes up a little too much space. Stick around. Kelly! Emily! Welcome Hi. on! Thank you, thanks for having me. Oh my god, thank you for doing this. I I knew when I was thinking about who to bring on to have like a strong start to the first ever feral ministries podcast season you were top of mind (laughs) like i gotta have my girl kelly on what
1: a compliment
0: so i've already done an introduction but um do you just want to kind of introduce yourself talk a little bit about who you
1: are what you do yeah so my name is kelly prophet and i've lived here in nashville for almost 12 years now i spent a lot of that time learning to become a therapist so i went to grad school had my master's in mental health counseling Um, And then I actually worked in rehabs for a couple of years, did my own private practice for a couple of years. And now I am on the next leg of my business venture and career development, which is a mental wellness coach. So bringing Mm. all the experience of a therapist uh, into a coaching realm. And I focus on teaching people to stop self-sabotaging through creating healthy and sustainable habits so they can live a life with more purpose and peace.
0: In your practice, I can tell that your your guests are getting... The best therapist possible because oh, when I you. talk to you as a friend, you <laughs> always give the best advice and you're so self aware. And um, I'm just such a big fan of yours. So thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah. As you know, this show is very uh, loosely deconstruction focused. Mm-hmm. So I love it. Can I ask what what was your experience with church like? I think I know most of it, but just for the listeners.
1: Yeah. So I grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado, which is called the evangelical capital of the United States, actually. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we have the most, like, kind of evangelical outreach nonprofits and mega churches, like, per capita. It's just kind of all forced into this one red bubble in what is a very blue state. Did you go to, like, a big
0: name evangelical church there? Yeah.
1: So a lot of people would recognize the name new life church um yeah that rings in a bell. correlation with the pastor ted haggard that whole thing uh i didn't know you went there yeah so i went there i would go there a lot with friends i went to a church called Women valley chapel for a long time and most of my upbringing i went to a church called the gathering as well mm-hmm. um which was kind of what i would have called like my home church but it was very common to like go to different churches with different friends because all of your friends went to church in colorado springs right and so, right yeah what kind of church hop, but the gathering was like my home church. Okay. And then I actually spent a gap year between high school and college um, doing some missions work at an orphanage in a Latin American country. Changed my mind and decided I did want to go to college um, and ended up looking for kind of a liberal arts but still Christian school and mm-hmm. landed at Belmont, yep. which is where I met you. Yes. So, well, I started out, my major was like church music with an emphasis on voice. That's what I thought I was going to do was mm-hmm. go into ministry as like a worship pastor. Okay. Um, and then pretty quickly changed my degree just to general um, Christian leadership. And then a little bit after graduating is when I kind of, well, that's not even fair to say, kind of during – undergrad. Yeah. is when I started like questioning in a little deeper way some of the things that I were learn that I was learning were really helpful mm. in helping me like realize for instance where the Bible came from and how it actually got passed down to us the version of the Bible that we have versus yep. what would have been the original version of the Bible yep. or some of the intent around parts of the Bible.
0: Huge moment for me as well taking the Old Testament class mm-hmm. in school mm-hmm. and I hear a lot of pastors say that the moment they started their deconstruction journey was in seminary learning about how the bible was passed down yep so interesting
1: yeah um that was when I was like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) have I been lied to for years wait a second (laughs) so um yeah but I think I continued to try to understand I was just asking a lot more questions and to be fair I think Even as a younger person, I was always someone to ask more questions, like Mm -hmm. in middle school and high school. I would ask youth pastors questions that they would say, I've never been asked that question, or I'm not sure how to answer that. So that wasn't new to me, but the level of questions that I was asking was much more like challenging the faith Mm -hmm. versus challenging my faith. Right. Um, Kind of challenging the whole system or trying to understand different parts of that. But, yeah, continue to go to church uh, with my ex, probably – about a year and a half after we were married, mm-hmm. I had really been going through this. And I had been going through it very silently and pretty alone. I had one mentor at the time that I would talk to maybe like once a month who was kind of helping me just untangle some of my thoughts. Mm. But I came out of the deconstruction closet to my ex-husband a week before i found out that he was actually having an affair with one of my best friends so <laughs> uh, that very quickly took the spotlight after that right you didn't even have time to process nope, that with nope. him but the helpful part was that i stopped caring about it so much because mm-hmm. up until that point it felt my deconstruction felt like something that was killing me and it yeah. felt like it was tearing me apart yep these two versions of myself i had this image in my mind of like my whole family And everyone I'd ever known in my entire past, like on the shore of an ocean. And I was at the end of a dock and there Mm -hmm. was a boat. And my choice was, if I get into this boat, I will forever be severed from all of these people that I love. And that mentor that I mentioned helped me reframe it by saying, Kelly, what if God is the water? Mm
0: -hmm. The thing
1: that will always connect the boat to the shore, no matter how far you go and Something, you know, the ocean being something that will carry you away and help you like drift out to sea and explore new places, but you will always touch that same shore. Yeah, really, really helped
0: me. You've mentioned that illustration before, and I've actually really taken that to heart because it it caused me to reframe. God, if God is the water, mm-hmm. right, if, if the universe or whatever higher mm-hmm. power maybe you believe in is is the water, then they want you to hop in the boat and yeah. travel abroad. They want you to ask the questions. Come they don't see want more you, of me. Come see more of me. They yeah. don't want you to stay on the island. Right. Right. And, so, and
1: stay so small.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that being said, what does your relationship, I guess, with a God figure look like now if you have one?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I think that I really took the posture of like, I'm going to stop trying to figure this out. And I am just going to let whatever answers come to me. Yeah. Um, And I, I genuinely just stopped putting so much energy in like thinking about it and mulling over it and reading about it and researching. And I just said, you know, whatever is true will come to me at some point. Yeah. In the process of kind of letting truth reveal itself to me. hmm. I think I've understood that, or I've come to understand more maybe, mm-hmm. that what I think of as God is just that energy that connects us all. Mm. Um, you know, I always think about like biblically how it says, you know, we're all made in God's image. And if that part is true, then I can look at you and find God. Our connection, the time that we spend together, those deep conversations that we have, like there is nothing more holy to me than those yeah moments um I find that in work with clients all the time I've had some of the most profound holy just irrevocably spiritual experiences with clients sitting in another room holding the experience of human suffering yeah. holding the experience of growth like there is nothing more representative of like what I hope God is yeah so I, it's, like, that energy of connectedness, that energy that, like, this connects me to someone on the other side of the world. Yeah. Um, and also that energy connects us to, like, the earth and the trees. And I get really, like, hippie and woo-woo in that oh, sense. Oh, I, I can go there, man. Let's talk about mushrooms, you know. If you haven't
0: seen, <laughs> what's the documentary on Netflix? Fantastic Fungi. Fantastic Fungi. Fungi that Fungi. that experience, watching that and having experienced you know, a shroom trip Mm -hmm. has done more for my death anxiety than Mm -hmm. anything else. And that movie, that documentary on Netflix made me feel closer to God, I think than any church service I've ever been in. But it's funny, you're talking about that, like holy moments, because Mm -hmm. when I was in church, even at the peak of my um, devoutness, I guess, uh, the peak of of me, you know, being in church, being Mm -hmm. very Christian, um, I always felt, like there was more of God in the moments where I'm chopping onions for a soup, you know, like in the moments where I'm walking with a friend outside and neither of us are saying
1: anything. Yeah. Then
0: on my knees yes. in front of the pulpit.
1: It's interesting because I think what you are actually talking about is mindfulness and that mm-hmm. kind of um ties into some like Buddhist thought that like our holy or divine purpose is to like be with every moment yeah so being present for every step and every breath and washing the dishes like the power of mindfulness Mm -hmm. is its own spiritual experience yeah um where you're just completely present
0: yeah that's been really powerful because you don't I never heard the concept of mindfulness when I was in the church no and (laughs) the most sacred time of my life was being mindful and being present in the suffering of deconstruction. Oh, yeah. Being in the absolute fucking trenches mm. and and being at peace with that suffering and having to say, I'm here right now and I can't be anywhere else. I can't choose to believe. Mm. I just have to follow this where it takes me. And being present in, in the suffering of life is so sacred. And, uh, you know, Buddhist principles talk about suffering a lot. Mm-hmm. Man, I go. Oh.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love exactly how you just put that. And I do think, like, our suffering is this kind of binding experience. Yeah. All humans have one thing in common, which is that we will all suffer. Yeah. And if you can be present for that, not only for your own, but also to create space for someone else's, like, that has to be some kind of God. Yes. Um, But yeah, I definitely, I think there is an energy uh, something uh, that is in the universe or at least in our experience of the universe mm-hmm. or in this version of the Matrix I don't know yeah but there is something and I had enough spe- experiences growing up that felt so profoundly spiritual that weren't necessarily tied to the church but happened in the church that I'm like, ah I can't write that one off hmm. right.
0: But once you realize you experience holy moments everywhere, of yes. course, some of them are going to happen in the church. Right,
1: right. And and when you take those moments and place them outside of the framework that you were given, it's like that still holds weight. It does not have to only exist inside this framework. Yeah. So for me, I don't think I'll ever reach a point of like true atheism. I do believe there's something. But do I call that by a name? No. I yeah. just know it when I see it. Yeah. A
0: lot of my my followers or people, my audience, would uh, friends on TikTok uh-huh. will um, you know ask, are you an atheist? I think people see that I'm not a Christian and immediately say, oh, she's an atheist right. now, and. I say, yes, yeah, some days I am. Mm. I wake up with an open hand and I accept whatever feels right that morning. Ooh, I like that. And I don't hold on to it because yeah. I want to be open. I want to have an open heart to the world. And, and some days I wake up and I feel profoundly spiritual. And yeah. I'm like, there's no way cosmically that we are alone here. And you have to come to peace with the fact that you can't
1: name it. Like maybe yeah. our minds
0: just can't comprehend it. That doesn't mean there's nothing
1: there. Right. Oh, I love that willingness to just accept whatever presents itself that day. Yeah. That is like, that's very mindful. That's super profound. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I I think people put a lot of
0: pressure on labeling. Yes. And I don't like that because I always want to feel like I'm, I don't want to put God, whoever they are, in a box. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Um, Abraham Piper, he's on TikTok, but that's John oh my Piper's God. son. Yes. Oh my God. Love him. Love him. First of all, funny as fuck. Yeah. Second of all, I love that he makes puzzles for a living. Obsessed with that. Does
0: he? Yeah. <laughs> I
1: did and this. they're cool puzzles. Well, I followed him
0: for a long time and resonated so much with his content, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize he was John Piper's son, who yeah. I was like Randy for John Piper right. in high school. <laughs> I read Desiring God, I think, like seven times, uh-huh. and that was honestly yeah. such a toxic.
1: So imagine book. Imagine being his son and yeah. deconstructing. Oh wow, first God. of all. But one of the things that he says that I really love is the same thing people will ask him if he's an atheist um and he talks about the concept of labels and he's like it's okay if you want to be a nothingist
0: Mm. like
1: you don't have to have a label yeah your experience is um as unique as you are and you might not be able to label it and that is okay also so he calls himself a nothingist wow yeah I love that. But, yeah. you know, that will become a label right? <laughs> if enough people start calling me that. I'm an atheist.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, oh, God, I love you. And I, I just love talking about stuff like this. But I wanted to make sure in this podcast journey that it, because it can get really dark, right? Like, oh, it can be yeah. really heavy. Um, so I was wondering if we could play a game. Please. Please, let's play a game. Okay. This is called, Oops, I'm a mega church pastor. <laughs> Rapid fire. <laughs> okay. You are now a mega church pastor. Oh, okay. I will ask you questions about your life in this hypothetical scenario. Answer to the best of your ability and however feels truest to you.
1: Okay, wait. I Give me a minute because I really feel like I need to channel that.
0: Yeah. Our God is greater. Our God is
1: stronger. Yes. The Lord. yes. God, you are. God. Yes. Than any other. <laughs> Okay, thank help? you. That helped so much.
0: <laughs> I just triggered myself. Okay. Same. Um, so, first of all, what is your church called and what do you look like?
1: Our church is called The Circle. Um, and we are <laughs> we're a group of believers who, you know, we don't need a huge building. We don't need the lights and the fog machines. Yes, we have all those things, but we don't <laughs> need them. Okay? Okay. We believe that where three or more are gathered, God is also there.
0: But yes, the fog machines are on every Sunday.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> okay, um, yeah.
0: What What do you look like? Are you a man? Are you a woman?
1: Um, I am a man. Okay, got it. It's a mega church, you said. Yes. Yeah, I'm a man. What? Uh, women are supposed to submit in the church i'm sorry i forgot to read your faith your statement of faith before this yes I would have yeah that's all that online and if you have any questions or concerns actually one of our outreach specialists yeah. can connect with you probably go get a coffee okay got it and talk about our our uh, statement of faith okay yes. thank you so much mm-hmm. all
0: right um so the volunteer in charge of bringing your coffee has delivered you an oat latte no foam instead of a soy latte with vanilla cold cream how will he be punished First of um, all, his
1: name is Todd. Um, your name is Todd? No, the, the volunteer's volunteer name is Todd. Todd, uh, we really appreciate all that you do for the church, but we're actually um, we're at a place where we don't need volunteers anymore, and so we'll actually not be um, asking you to come and volunteer anymore. You are certainly more than welcome Okay, to okay continue but I, coming to church. I literally got an email asking that you guys were asking for
0: more volunteers last week.
1: Yeah, so we are... What I mean to say is, like, we need volunteers who are aligned with the church's needs, and it does not feel right now, you know, kind of like the Holy Spirit is leading us to specific volunteers to help fill those gaps. Okay, but dad, I'm literally your son. Todd, go to your room.
0: Todd has been banished. All right. Next question. You walk into your office on Sunday morning before Mm -hmm. preaching. Mm -hmm. Your administrative assistant knocks on the door and nervously tells you they've just been alerted that someone has leaked information about your ongoing affair with your secret lover, Rafael
1: Kimiyama, and the press would like a statement. What is your plan? Rafael is a dear friend, and there is nothing untoward going on. And that is all that I will say. So, what do you say about this picture of
0: you and Raphael Kimiyama in an unsavory position?
1: I'm sorry, what position is that? Because if he is on his knees, (laughs) if he is on his knees, then we were doing a prayerful baptism where I was anointing him with oil, and it might look like it was a bottle of lube, but it was holy oil. So it says KY jelly. You you store your holy. Your holy oil in a bottle of KY jelly? That's right. Their dispensers are unmatched. It comes out really well. That is all that was happening. I was anointing his head with oil. He was on his knees. Okay. um, Receiving a blessing. My blessing. Your PR people would be proud. (laughs) Your private jet
0: is outfitted with a full sushi bar. Little did you know, your travel companion and best friend, Harrison Ford, is allergic to albacore. He begins choking, and in a panic, you give him life-saving mouth-to-mouth. The next day, pictures surface of the event with the headline, Steamy Boy-on-Boy Celebrity Makeout. Your congregation is furious. How do you address them?
1: I mean, to be honest, I would really just tell them that he's a virgin <laughs> to <Almacor. laughs>
0: You have 13 children, all of them named Jude, one named Todd. Mm. Jude mm-hmm. comes to you one night and says, Pastor... <laughs> because <laughs> he calls you pastor yeah pastor i've been thinking about it i love you so much and i'm just so nervous to tell you i've joined the church of satan and i've actually become a brand ambassador for the church of satan how do you, you are respond? no longer my son just like that no contact
1: yeah um i mean it's too much of a liability right like if really people were to is, find out, it really is and we love jude mm-hmm. in fact my all my children call me daddy pastor but okay. sometimes just pastor for sure. yeah papa pastor sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um have you ever heard of the story of the prodigal son <laughs> <laughs> no i haven't pastor daddy okay so you're no longer my son but if you uh want to come back we will welcome you Things will probably never be the same. Yeah, they'll never be the same. In the prodigal son, remind me, Mm -hmm. the kid who walks away is the one who gets the treasure chest? Yes, that is correct. Okay. So really, Jude is fine. Well, I mean, we won't cut him off. Yeah. Completely. He will probably still be getting, um, you know, his living stipend. Mm -hmm. But publicly, we now only have 12 children. (laughs)
0: so quick to cut contact with one of your kids i love it okay well that's the end you were so decisive um that was incredible you've got to be you've got to be you have got to be willing to tell jude don't come back So recently, I had the pleasure of having you on my TikTok. We collaborated on a video together about how to communicate and respond to family that might have different views about church, religion, spirituality, and they may be guilting you or pushing you. And we just gently responded to them uh, in scenario format. Yes. It got a lot of engagement, mm-hmm. not all of it positive. Sure. A lot of people were saying that we were too gentle. Yeah. People were mad that we said we appreciated them asking. Mm. What are your
1: thoughts on that? I think that that really depends on where you're at in your journey of deconstruction. How gentle to be. Yeah, and I think it also depends on your family system, right? Like, if you come from a family system where it's toxic and abusive, or your voice is not heard, or Mm -hmm. your boundaries are not respected, then you probably want to use firmer boundaries. Um, And maybe you don't say things like, I appreciate your concern, or I can tell that you love me, Mm -hmm. right? In my deconstruction journey with my family, their concern was evident for me. Yeah. Um, And I didn't want to, like, sever those relationships just willy-nilly. I wasn't able or willing to just immediately say... If you don't approve of what I'm doing, then like no contact. That's not me.
0: But don't you think there's a middle ground? Like absolutely. you don't have to say I I appreciate you asking, but you
1: also don't have to cut off contact. Sure, there are so many levels. So like there is this therapist uh, somewhere online that talks about boundaries in um, darkness of coffee. I was just about like, to ask you about flavors. that. Coffee yeah. flavors, yeah, absolutely love that because she talks about like a more kind boundary with someone where you have a loving relationship. Mm-hmm may feel more like a frappuccino where it's mostly sweet and fluffy and airy right and then if you need to start setting firmer boundaries it like moves down to maybe this is a latte or a macchiato Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then there you know is maybe just a black coffee boundary and then when you get to like these more firm and short and self-protective yeah it's a shot of espresso Mm -hmm. like it does not it's not cut with anything it is the strongest darkest boundary right yeah um and so I think the video that we did, I was trying to do more like frothy, like the frappuccino, more Frappuccino yeah, mm-hmm. level, because for me, I wanted to know how to approach my family with firmness, but still with kindness. Right. Um. I don't think that is always appropriate. Right, right. Yeah. And it absolutely depends.
0: So for someone who's maybe kind of in that middle ground, like they don't want to necessarily end relationships, yeah, right? Yeah. But they also want to set firm boundaries. Are there mm-hmm. any boundaries maybe that you like for them, um, a way to sort of establish, uh, boundaries with a family member that, that sort of
1: toes the line. Absolutely. Um, you know, saying this is not something I'm interested in talking about with you Mm. is absolutely an appropriate boundary. Yeah. Um, And then your family member might come back and say, well, we just, we really want to talk about it because we're so worried about you and your faith and your salvation. And I would just continue to reinforce the same boundary. I hear that, but I'm not interested in talking about this at this time with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you continue to bring this up, I'm going to have to remove myself from these conversations. So telling them that down the line there will be consequences. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite like boundary setting techniques is called a deer man, where you describe the behavior, express how it makes you feel, ask for something different to happen, and reinforce why that's important. So um Real quick though, the deer yeah. man. What what does that stand for? Describe, express, ask or assert, um, reinforce, and then the last three. Or not what you say, but how you say it. So you say it mindfully, um, appearing confident and negotiating. So mm-hmm. with willingness to negotiate. So let's do one. Let's let's do an example. Okay. Should I be the dear manner, or are you? I will do the dear man. Okay. So you um, ask me something. Okay, Kelly. Um,
0: I noticed that you and your partner haven't been going to church. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could, you know, tell me why. They would never ask that respectfully. Let me do it again. Mm -hmm.
1: Kelly, why aren't you going to church right now? What I'm hearing you asking me is why I'm not going to church right now. When you ask me that, it makes me feel under a lot of pressure. It makes me feel small. And it makes me feel afraid that I'm going to give you the wrong answer. Hmm. Um, In the future, I would much rather that you ask me at where I'm at on my journey with church. Or in fact, in the future, I, I prefer that you didn't ask me questions around my faith at all because it feels deeply personal to me. Hmm. And the reason that I am setting this boundary with you at all is because I really care about our relationship and I know what feels healthy for me and what does not.
0: So that is probably the
1: healthiest
0: way to communicate with someone. But I hear a lot of people saying, their their family members are just such a shallow level of emotional intelligence yes. that they would never yes. be receptive to that. Yeah. How do you deal with someone who's just straight up toxic? But throw, you kind of want to maintain. Me. Yeah. Um, well, I guess like it would be the same scenario, right? I okay. ask you, you respond that way. But then I say, You know, I'm dismissive or I gaslight you or I Mm -hmm. make you feel guilty. I'm already stepping over those boundaries.
1: Yeah. What then? So oftentimes, actually, if you do a dear man or any other kind of healthy boundary setting with someone and they are not healthy enough to receive it or hear it, they will push back and say, oh, you were always so sensitive. or you're so conceited or you're so dramatic or like, well, we're just, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. My response would genuinely be, I'm going to stop you right there. I am not interested in having this conversation. And if you continue to push that boundary, I will remove myself. Mm-hmm. And then they might say, oh my God, of course, we can never do anything right, right? right. I'm, do you just I'm block that out? I would just continue to say, okay, so I've set my boundary and I told you that I'm not interested in talking about this. So I'm going to step away.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: The, the, there are two parts in any boundary setting, which is first setting the boundary, but second, which is, this is the real bitch. This is the hardest: holding the boundary. Right. So if you say, "I don't want to talk about this," and if it continues to be pushed, I'm going to step away. Then you actually have to step away. Yeah. We can't, I can't continue tell you how many to engage. Times I've bluffed. Oh, it a is boundary. so hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think everyone does right because ideally, our boundary is heard the first time. Oh, right. Right. But if you say these are the these are kind of the conditions. I'm not willing to talk about this and next time it comes up, I'm going to leave. Yeah. Then next time it comes up, you have to leave because otherwise they will just continue. Yeah. Um, right. And the tension is going to build until eventually they stop inviting you over or they stop asking. Yeah. And it might mean that like, okay, now our relationship dynamic has to change. There's mm-hmm. more distance or there are firmer boundaries um, or a lot of people who have children. Um, I know that this is a big deal when, like, grandparents. Talk to the children about religion. I was just going to
0: ask you about that because that is another comment that I get Mm -hmm. so much. You know, I can set boundaries for myself. What happens when my kids are involved? What happens when the Christmas gift, you know, Gammy and Peapaw give little (laughs) toodle bean is, you know, a a devotional or like, you know, whatever. What -hmm. do you say to parents?
1: Yeah. So um, your kids don't have the ability to set those boundaries i think if you're a parent part of your responsibility as a parent is to set boundaries that you find appropriate for your children Mm -hmm. the boundary might not be well we don't talk to gam gam and peepaw (laughs) me ma and peepaw me and peepaw Mm the the boundary might that might not be the first level of that boundary right again starting at kind of the easier to go down versions of Mm -hmm. coffee um but you know if my child expresses to me that every time they go to Mima and Peepaw's house, they make them pray before bed or before a meal. And my child is uncomfortable with that. I would address that and say, yeah. so when you make my child do this, it makes them feel uncomfortable and it, it threatens like their ability to trust you. Um, hmm. And I would really prefer if when my children are around you do not talk to them about religion or faith unless I am present mm. because we are having different conversations about that. Yeah. And your parents might say, well, I'm afraid that you're going to end up leading them down the wrong path. And I hear that you're afraid about that, but I am trying to raise my children with the ability to think for themselves or right, you right. Know, whatever.
0: And I have always said, obviously, I'm not a professional, but I know if it was if it was my family, if it Mm -hmm. were my kids and I don't have kids, so this is purely hypothetical, there would, I would take no prisoners. Like Mm -hmm. I would tell them this is not happening. You will not see them again. Obviously, um, you know, sometimes grandparents are childcare, they're affordable childcare, right? And you, you want them to have relationships yeah. with their grandparents. So I know it's not feasible for everybody to just go no contact. And, and I don't think it should be the first thing, but I think when it comes
1: to kids, absolutely, those, you
0: have to be so cutthroat. And so I might cutthroat. even say
1: like, I am only, you know, this has happened once. If this happens again, you will not see my, my children. Right. Um, without me being present. Right. Or you might not see them at all. Right. Like, this might be the fun, fi- And I really feel like, okay, I hope that adults who have deconstructed or are deconstructing are self-aware enough to know if their parents are going to be the kind of grandparents who might try to take advantage of that. Yeah. Right? So you kind of already know going into this what sure. your parents may behave yeah. so like you or don't what your even, family system might. You
0: may not need for... Tootle bean to come home and be like gammy and peepaw read me a bible story before bed yes
1: you probably already have the idea right so like for instance with my parents they have gotten so used to me setting boundaries over the last decade Mm. um, and especially around my deconstruction and my mom has asked me before you know if you were to have kids in the future how would you want us to interact with them around religion like what are your boundaries around that she started asking me what are your boundaries around this that's really special it's really a big deal yeah and i promise you that it came at a very high cost of many many conversations that went poorly Mm -hmm. of many conversations where i had to set a boundary and then reinforce it um yeah that did not come easily it did not come overnight it is something that we have all learned yeah so i want to move on i asked you to bring
0: a story. Oh yeah. <laughs> from your church experience and you brought one. Mhm. Would you mind Well, first you're going to you're going to tell the story and then I if it's okay, want mm-hmm. us to role play the yeah. story and kind of let you own the situation this time um and just kind of take it in whatever direction you want to. I think it'd be it'd be fun to do.
1: So, yeah, why don't you go ahead and, and okay. tell us what happened? <laughs> so, I started Leading worship on the high school worship team when I was just in middle school, which was a big deal. I was the youngest one, um, the first middle schooler that they had let join the high school worship team.
0: Damn.
1: Yeah. It was how? Because I have an incredible voice. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and you're hot.
1: I mean, you were hot, hot then. That
0: right? uh, I'm put on a list now. You were you were cute.
1: Very very sweet. Very open. I was super engaged at my youth group. Like I was at every single event. Right. Like I was mm-hmm. I was there. That was that was it for me. Right. Um and yeah, the I did an audition and the high school worship pastor was like, "We'd never let a middle schooler in, but here you go." Wow, really great! I was so excited, so excited, Mm -hmm. huge for me. Yeah, I felt like such a big deal. Oh my god! And you know, I like dressed up extra special on those (laughs) Sundays. Like I was in it. I like practiced every day in the shower. You know, so excited. Did you have solos and stuff? Mm -hmm. Or I would lead like. Female-led songs, sure, sure. Well, maybe that was. Were you in on. your Ocean's era? Yeah. Well, okay. the, actually, that would have been a little bit before Ocean's era. Okay, but not far off. Same vibe. That was like okay, Revelation song, <gasps> Carrie Job era, Carrie Job era. Absolutely. Yeah. Were
0: you wearing long, um, like sack tunics, like potato
1: sack tunics with no, leggings? No, I was more of the like layered shirt girl. Yeah. Layered layered shirts. Uh huh. Um, and lots of like kind of chunky jewelry at the time okay because this would have been in gosh like the mid-2000s yeah so okay so you're in your carrie Job era mm -hmm. you're in your layered shirt absolutely did a bump in my hair a bump it i didn't have to do a bump it i would just like bump it up with put some body pins yeah yeah okay so um so excited anyway so i go and i think this was like the second time maybe i had ever led worship there and i've proud to be up there you know but also genuinely like had a what i would have referred to as like a heart of worship like that was the core of me was like I your heart was oriented towards christ uh, yeah yeah absolutely loved like praising god in this way that Mm -hmm. you know um and with this gift that that i felt like was god ordained
0: yeah
1: Uh, god wouldn't have given me this gift of music if i wasn't supposed to use it for for furthering the church of course (laughs) of course um so I'm up there and I probably lead a song or two and I'm in the rest of them, whatever, doing harmonies. Mm-hmm. And um.
0: And you're feeling yourself. Feeling myself. Honest. Yeah,
1: sure. Sure. Feeling myself. Mm-hmm. But I do think like as a 13 year old was Your also like were pure. my were intentions were God. so pure, yeah, yeah. so pure. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I get off stage and the only like female youth pastor, I guess she wasn't a pastor, but like an assistant or like a volunteer but she was there everywhere. a leader thank you female leader yeah um she like pulled me aside before I could get to my seat and pulled me to the back and the sermon starts going on and everything and she said you know first of all you did a really good job singing but God told me while you were up there that if you really um you know want to like be responsive and if you really want this to be something that is good and pure, that you need to remember that it's not about you.
0: So was she sensing from your actions on stage that you were making it about you?
1: I will never know. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean,
0: were you doing something different than everyone else? up no, there? No,
1: no, no. But I huh. was the only female up there yes 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 so I was absolutely like mirroring what my counterparts were doing um and and honestly mirroring what the rest of the youth group was doing like mirroring the audience you know maybe I had my hands raised or eyes closed whatever but I swear to god my intentions were so pure and that was like truly one of the the purest forms of how I like express my love for god was in this way so right was not up there to be a pop star.
0: But as a woman, mm-hmm. and and I was a woman, you know, obviously a woman worship leader um, mm-hmm. at one point, a long time through high school, mm-hmm. you are under more criticism than the men. Yes. And you are, it is easier to find you as a t- attention seeking yes. than the men, because <laughs> yeah. the men are the ones who by default should have the attention, right? So right. the moment that you are matching their energy level mm-hmm. or, um, you know, or just matching
1: their skill level. Matching
0: their, I was gonna say, displaying maybe a little bit more talent than yep. them. Um, you're all of a sudden hijacking.
1: Yeah. Their, but not moment. just hijacking that, like hijacking God's moment, right? right? That was the messaging that was coming toward me. Was like, you, God told me that you need to remember that this is not about you. Mm. And I was just like, well, yeah, like I know. I, what, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm not up there for it to be about me, yeah. right? But. Of course, as a 13-year-old, I had no language to, like, process or engage in a dialogue. I was just like, oh,
0: okay, So you agreed. You were like, I won't do it again?
1: I don't even remember what I said. I'm pretty sure I just said something to the effect of, like, oh, okay, like, thanks for letting me know. Maybe I said something like that. But mostly I just remember this, like, overwhelming feeling of shame, like, felt like a bucket of cold water had gotten dumped on my head. Kelly. Was she British? No. Okay, I'm gonna give her a British accent. <laughs> her was name it? was Scarlet. Scarlet. Okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs>
0: yeah. Can you come over here real quick, Kelly? I'm sorry. You did such a good job. Just real quick. Oh, thank you. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. Um. So, hey, sweetie, I I just mm. wanted to tell you that um, you know, you and, and you're so talented and, and beautiful. Um, but you you're really taking a lot of space on the stage tonight and I just wanted to tell you that God told me um, it's about him you know it's not about you it's about him and he, he wanted me to relay that message to you don't make it about yourself
1: interesting so that's so interesting Scarlett because when I was up on stage God actually told me to tell you to not make this about yourself And just because you feel threatened by the presence of a powerful woman, um, on stage or in a position of leadership, um, that that's not about you and that this is actually between me and God. Okay. Kelly told me to tell you that I'm going to
0: tell you that God told me to tell you to, Mm -hmm. to fuck off. First Mm -hmm. of all, Mm -hmm. second of all, take those little acrylic beads you're wearing Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, get out of, get out of my church. Mm
1: -hmm. Interesting because God actually just told just now like beamed down yeah beamed a message right into you know I'm very connected to the Holy Spirit oh Oh, okay Mm -hmm. And what are you 11 (laughs) um actually I'm 13 but God told me to take your dirty ass choco feet (laughs) (laughs) and maybe go and wash them with your hair before you come back to this table
0: Okay, well, first of all, um, Satan just told me that you're going to wash my feet in heaven one day when you visit from hell um, because there's going to be a little elevator and I'm going to be in heaven and you're going to take it up, boop, 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 70,000 floors, wash my feet, then go back down and keep scrubbing the floors of hell.
1: Interesting, Scarlett. I didn't know that you had a a one-on-one connection with Satan. Oh.
0: Yeah. I think Scarlett at this point, would probably bow down. I think she would be so appalled by someone so young talking back to her that she would
1: probably take it to the pastor. Probably. Yeah. And to the pastor, I would say, you know, uh, Pastor Kevin, that was my pastor at the time. Okay. Um, What actually just happened was that Scarlett projected her insecurities about being a woman in a church onto me. Yeah. And felt, you know, that I was taking up maybe a little bit too much room.
0: How spiritually abusive for someone to translate their own insecurities into <laughs> the voice of God. Oh, yeah. And you see it happen all the time. And directed
1: at a child. Yeah. Who really did not know better, would not have known better. No. Yeah.
0: Wow. Oh. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I know that was kind of
1: traumatizing. I mean, yeah, it hurt my little it hurt my little feelings. Yeah, you as owned it. her today. I was Thank proud you. of how you stood up
0: for yourself. Thanks. Um, and we're about out of time. Thank you so fucking much for being here. I love you so much as a friend, as a a peer. I'm so excited for what you're doing. Where can our listeners find more of you and support the work that you're doing?
1: Yeah. So I am on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at Love Ordinary Co. Um, And you can also check out my website, which is kellyprofit.com. Check out my programs.
0: We'll link all this stuff as well yes. so you guys can
1: find it in the description. Yeah. Um, and you're currently accepting clients, right, virtually yeah. for your self-sabotage program. Yes, I am. Yeah, so if you find that you are self-sabotaging or in this place where you have worked through a lot of trauma, but the the healing doesn't necessarily reflect in your actions yet, mm-hmm. um, this would be the right fit for you. Is that something
0: that you think people with religious trauma would benefit from?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Uh, a lot of people with religious trauma, the core of a lot of it is that you were taught and brainwashed not to trust yourself and mm-hmm. not to listen to your body, not to trust your human instincts um, and not to trust your thoughts. Yeah. Um, which can absolutely result in self-sabotaging behavior. In fact, you made a post the other day where I saw this. Um, people... We're talking about, I always feel like if I'm too happy, I'm doing something wrong or that yes. something bad is going to happen. Yep. That is the place where a lot of people will self-sabotage sometimes without even knowing. Thinking it. God will take away joy, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to, you know, consciously or subconsciously do some damage to where I'm at right now mm-hmm. so that I'm not too happy and so that I stay stuck in this place. Because if I move beyond this place, it's going to be too good to be true. Yeah. So if you're someone who feels like you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop, come and talk to me.
0: And that is such a fucking symptom of Christianity, mm-hmm. man. I That mm-hmm. post got a resounding amount of engagement from yeah. people agreeing. So if that's you, hit Kelly up. She's so good good at what she does and just such a good person in general you'd be very lucky to even have a conversation with her um so thank you so much listeners and friends this is this is our first podcast first podcast. And I'm, I'm so w-
1: proud of you by the way just let me say thank i think you. what you're doing really matters it's obviously helping a lot of people and i'm so proud of you for all of the ways that you are showing up
0: thank you so much it's so symbolic that the first episode was with you I and know. i just hope that we can collaborate <laughs> (laughs) together on more in the future yeah we will thanks guys for listening take care of yourselves protect your souls protect your kids from gammy and (laughs) peepaw and i hope you guys have an amazing week bye bye